0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry.
4: Terms and
5: conditions apply. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56-1 to odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RJBell. And get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bet if your team wins. That's promo code RJBell for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
4: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
6: Radio. Well, it's a busy bracket weekend and we're down to the short strokes. And when you go to bed Tuesday night... The final four will be etched in stone, but there's still a lot of history to be made, and in addition to the history that's already been made. So tonight, we have a special roundtable edition of Straight Out of Vegas. And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas. The weekend adaptation i'm bernie Frado. we're coming to you live from the farmers insurance fox sports radio studios call 1-888-FARMERS to switch and you could save on your auto insurance what else you going to do with your phone for the next few minutes look at pictures of food your friends ate again call 1-888-FARMERS for a quote
7: we are farmers
6: so tonight both sleepy and mckenzie We'll join us in studio for the full hour as we dissect today's action, what we learned, and we'll look ahead to Sunday's games and even Monday's games as there are already out lines that are out for the two matchups on Monday. And in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by a special guest, prominent Las Vegas attorney Ron Colquitt. will talk about the Deshaun Watson saga, what he's actually facing and what his immediate future might look like both on and off the field. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. People want to talk about them, so you've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Outta Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. As they say in Sock Rapids, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right, so let's welcome in two of the sharpest minds in the handicapping world, uh, charter team members here at Straight Outta Vegas. And uh, I'll go to Sleepy first. Sleepy today, the first game on the board, Loyola was laying seven against Oregon State. And this is sort of interesting uh, to me because when a team upsets, a double-digit seed upsets a number one team, and they're laying more than six points the following week, and they were laying seven today, Loyola was, they're one and three against the number. I grabbed the points. Look, let's face it. The Ramblers may have held Illinois to 23 points below their season average, but tonight, and by the way, their defense wasn't that bad today. They actually held Oregon State to 24 points in the first half. The problem is they only scored 16 and shot 17% in the first half, 22% for the game. I think Oregon State's 1-2-2 zone defense really bothered Loyola. What were your takeaways from that game?
8: For me, Bernie, when I watched Oregon State over the last couple games, what I've noticed is their guard play, specifically Ethan Thompson. I mean, that kid basically has taken over each and every game. If you look at what he's done, He's 25 for 26 from the free throw line. I mean, there was a game where he went to the line, he was 12 for 12. Another one where he was like 8 for 8. And I think if he can go ahead and keep continuing that type of play, you know, he might keep going and, you know, moving this Oregon Beavers team ahead.
9: McKenzie, thoughts? Um, growing up two blocks away from Loyola, Chicago, I've been a big fan of that team, that coach, that operation. And I think Doug Gottlieb made a really good point. I was listening to the radio broadcast They play an execution style of basketball, which is really admirable. It's kind of like the Princeton style basketball. Talking about Loyola Chicago. Yeah, Loyola Chicago with a lot of passing and a movement. And what it does is it breaks down man-to-man offense, I mean defense. Eventually you're going to make a mistake, you're going to double the wrong team. But when you switch to a zone, it can only be so effective. And when they got down, I don't think they have the kind of firepower to turn up their execution. And it was really uncompetitive the second half because of that. They were fighting an uphill fight. They had a a knife at a gunfight.
6: Well, I will say this: uh, Going into today, you're right. Loyola proved they were very good on-ball defenders. They swarm, they contest, they break up passing lanes. They're tough. They pressure the ball. They don't allow free catches in space. Nonetheless, they lost 65 to 58. Oregon State moves on. They will face a very good Houston team. I have them in the Final Four. Oregon State, the send-off line, catching eight points. Funny side note about today's game, guys. Actually, believe it or not, the last time Oregon State played Loyola of Chicago. Sister Jean was eight years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1927. Uh, if you're scoring at home, and I know you are, actually Loyola won that game 29-19. to And if you had the under, you may have cashed. All I can say is this. Uh, 93 years later, Oregon State got their revenge, and so they move on. The second game of the day uh, was Villanova and Baylor. And it was sort of the tale of, of two halves, guys villanova had been averaging 78 points per game in the tournament and yet they were catching seven i did not get involved in that game i didn't want to get in front of baylor i'm a believer in this baylor team uh number one when a number one plays a number five in the last 26 contests, the number one seed is now 22 and four straight up by an average margin of seven points baylor won today by 11 sleepy what were your thoughts on that game
8: I really think it came down to Gillespie being out. I, I figured that that injury was going to catch up to them at some point, and it, I think it caught up to them today. You now, if you look at what Baylor did, they only turned the ball over six times. Villanova, 16. And I think with Gillespie, maybe if he was in the lineup, maybe he wouldn't have had that disparity. But the fact that he was out, I think it caught up to him. And, and we know you know, when March Madness comes around, especially Sweet 16, Elite Eight, you need the guards to go ahead and step up, execute, and keep their cool You know, when the game's on the
9: line. Kenzie. Ken Palm made this a, a four-point game, and it ended up being eight. I don't think it's—I don't think Ken Palm and, and those kind of analytic websites really take into account Galepsi and those type of players, because as much as a point guard matters in a ga- in a regular season game, when it comes to the pressure moments of the NCAA tournament, I think maybe double it mm-hmm. for the for the best point guards in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no
6: question. Baylor's loaded with talent. Jared Butler, I think, is a candidate for the Player of the Tournament. Uh, Davion Mitchell, Macy O'Teague, they're loaded. Bryce Drew has done an incredible job. Check that. Scott Drew's done an incredible job with this team. I've got Baylor in the Final Four. Currently, they're, the send off line, they're a, six in, they're a six point favorite over Arkansas
9: on, uh, on Monday. Uh, any final thoughts on that game, guys? Before we move along, we were surprised by that line, though. I think Arkansas is just a, just as good as Baylor. You know, just from watching it, really? the last couple of weeks in yeah. the conversation. Yeah, they got so many athletes; they're so fast. What's their best
6: player is a freshman, Moses Moody, and clearly the stage looked too big for him tonight. If Not,
9: I'm being honest, yes, yes, it definitely did. But you know, positive sign for them. The second half for Moody was a lot better than the first half. So, well, prior to tonight, and Arkansas did get the W today, seventy-two
6: seventy. So. At the end of the day, uh, they don't ask how, just how many. They didn't cover the number. They were laying a big number against Doyle Roberts, the best free-throw shooting team in the country, the best three-point team percentage-wise. They hung around. Arkansas only ranks 150th in the country in three-point defense. That could be a problem in their next game. But Arkansas' last 12 games, McKenzie, again, before today, they were 11-1 and averaging 80 points a game. The average margin of victory, 9 they had kind of a survive and advance game today, but you win, you move on. Thoughts?
9: Fifth straight game, they're down double digits and win the game. Obviously, they've won their last five games. The fact that they're still alive in the tournament. Watching this game, it was all about it was all about Oral Roberts. Just from a fan's perspective, I think this asthma guy reminds me of Iverson, reminds me of Russ Smith. That was what I took away from the game. I think you know, as small as he is, I think he's got a he's got a chance to make you know a splash in the league, not unlike um, Carson Edwards for Purdue. We saw a couple of years ago in the tournament. Yeah, remember him? Yeah. Carson spilled C A R S E N. What's he doing these days, Bob? He's, he's on the Celtics. he's splashing. He's not through. really every, playing. You know, every forty eighth minute, he's in there. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> he's playing about the same as Obi Toppin. I think, right? <laughs> yeah,
9: right. They slap up. They're every fresh. Time. I mean,
6: they they've got fresh legs for the for the tournament. And then uh, the final game of the day, uh, Syracuse and Houston, and it was funny. I got more action coming at me on Twitter about this uh, because listen, I respect Jim Boeheim. I respect Syracuse this is a this is a program that, for decades, has deserved the respect with their with their legendary uh, what I would call, I mean, obviously, it's his own defense, right? But and Buddy Bayheim was spectacular. Did you really think they could shoot fifty five percent again from three like they did against West Virginia? and I, I I gotta tell you, I really expected Kelvin Sampson's one of my favorite coaches in the country. He's got an NBA mentality, and I knew that he would put Buddy Beheim in a vice, and he did it. He basically took. Buddy Boeheim out of the game. Their hope was to get out and transition. And they had major trouble scoring. They managed 46 points. That's all uh, Syracuse had. Uh, Look, they have a prolific zone. The reality of it is, um, you know, I know that Kelvin Sampson had issues against Tulsa in the zone, but I thought that was a fluke game. This is a stage Houston thrives on quite quite well. And, And defensively, when you look at their defensive metrics, where Houston is so prolific on the glass, and Syracuse isn't, and the fact that Syracuse defensively, and their guards were sort of average, I didn't think they'd be able to handle the pressure. Top credit to Syracuse for having a good season. They got to the Sweet 16, but I did not I did not think they were going to beat Houston. They didn't bet the game. I didn't want to lay the 6.5. I didn't want to take the 6.5. But I will tell you this, I never once thought that Syracuse would actually win that game. No disrespect, it's just Houston's that good.
9: Well, when when I got in here, we were talking about the Syracuse zone, and it's not for nothing that Syracuse actually held a pretty good Houston offense to 62 points, but like you said, Syracuse doesn't really have the firepower unless they're getting out in transition, and you can't get out in transition if you're giving up as many offensive rebounds as they did tonight against Houston, so I think they, they overplayed their talent, they should be proud of that, but... You know, like like you said, it's a guards league. It's a guards tournament. And Buddy Bayheim is, you know, a, a big, small forward that really can't move the ball with the speed and alacrity that you would need to get around this Houston defense.
6: You know, when the score, went, basketball is a game of runs. Syracuse had a 15-3 run early. Houston had a 15-3 run. Then it was 2020 with like mm-hmm. three and a half minutes to go. And then Houston goes out of that 10-0 run before the half. And I felt that, that that sort of sealed the win. I didn't know that that guaranteed the cover. It took the air out of them. It, Absolutely. It, Absolutely. You go into the locker room at halftime, and when that happens in those last three minutes, they, they were just devastating, and Houston sort of put the clamps down. They were very active on the glass. Uh, they're number two defensively. Look, they're for real. Houston will lay—we'll talk about this later in the show—they're laying eight against Oregon State, a 12-seed. By the way, not for nothing, guys, one of the props—and I know R.J. talked about this— the cumulative total of the four seeds, uh, the over-under, is 10-and-a-half— now, Oregon State is a 12 seed. So if they beat Houston Monday, which I don't think they are, they bust that prop up. Otherwise, it's turning back into a chalky tournament, which I thought would happen when you got to the Sweet 16.
9: You mentioned it, a record high cum- cumulative seat 94 for the Sweet 16, and now it's gonna. It might be one, two, two, four. You know, yeah. it might happen that it's, way. It's
6: turning chalky again. Look, the bottom line is, uh, you're right, Mackenzie. It, it was a situation where if you add the cumulative cumulative total of the seeds. For the final four, it added up to 94. That's the highest in the history of the tournament. Sportsbooks had their best weekend last year in the history of the opening of the tournament. Why? Dogs 24 and 15, include seven winning outright. And McKenzie, people have been talking about unders and first half unders. You have got some real good data on that.
9: Four 0 today. That's 39 unders, 15 overs for the first half in the tournament. At seventy-two percent. If you were lazy, you didn't want to bet the game you didn't want to bet the half and you bet the games, you're still hitting like sixty-two percent on the under. And I think it has everything to do with the the very first moment they step out on the court. I was just tracking this before the show. If you look at the pace of scoring in the first four minutes today before the first TV timeout, it's like a seventy-five point game. It was one six to Loyola. <laughs> it was like two five Baylor Villanova. The very, very big bright light I bet you're smart.
0: Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers and I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from the Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: If you dare.
9: Let's get out of the tunnel. Finally back in basketball mode. It's it's a struggle to get past that, you know, initial, you know, angst.
6: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun tournament from here on out. I, I, Especially if you're betting first half unders and making all this money. You, do you expect that to continue? And by the way, the I, final four games are going to be in the big stadium next week with those same sight lines. So
9: I do tomorrow. So if you look at the first game that they that each team has played in a week, that 72% goes to 85%. So the very first time they step out after a week of not playing, these teams haven't been shooting the ball well. It's, it's something we can cash in on tomorrow, but not Monday and Tuesday.
6: Later in the show, uh, we're going to certainly dive into UCLA, Alabama, Michigan, Florida State. USC Oregon and Gonzaga Creighton and Sleepy and McKenzie will both have best bets. We're going to actually look ahead to Monday's matchup, too, the first matchup that the winner of those two games will head to the Final Four. But first, you know, Deshaun Watson is a brilliant young man. There's no question from his childhood to college at Clemson and certainly his career in the NFL, he's established himself as elite. But he seems to be in the throes of the early stages of what is going to be a long trial played out in the court of public opinion. Now, I'm not, we're not gonna convict him in the media. But let's talk to a d- person who does this for a living. I wanna bring in a good friend of mine, Ron Colquitt, who's a prominent Las Vegas attorney here. And we'll chop this up and talk about what this might look like over the next few months. Up next, uh, I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight
3: Out of Vegas! Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. If you're a new nurse or just about to graduate, the Nurse Residency Program from HCA Healthcare will help give you the confidence and skills to succeed. You'll have a support network of experienced nurses and fellow nurse residents, as well as a foundation to build your career at any of HCA Healthcare's 184 hospitals across 19 states. Plus, receive tuition reimbursement, student loan assistance, clear career pathways, and continuing education. Learn more at careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. HCA Healthcare, an equal opportunity employer.
6: We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the Brie Game Show You Always Wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1 8 Farmers to switch and you can save a bundle on your auto insurance. All right, let's welcome in a gentleman, good friend of mine for years. He's very good at what he does. He's a prominent attorney here in Las Vegas. His name is Ron Colquitt. Ron, thanks for staying up late tonight. How are you? Nay, hey, better than I deserve, Bernie. How are you doing tonight? Good, sir. So let's dive into this uh, this Sean Watson saga rather than convict him in the media. And obviously he's going to be, you know, this is a trial that's going to be played out in front of the public opinion for a while. But let's dive into the meat of it, because from the civil side, I, I guess there are up to 21 women, 22, whatever, that have uh, filed a, a lawsuit coming out so, of the woodworks. Uh, coming out of the woodwork. And so I guess here's what I am most curious about. What is the burden of proof for the plaintiff? What would a jury have to see to allow the plaintiffs to prevail? And what would you, you know, what would your strategy be? What would you under, what do you understand Busby's strategy to be? To try to get a, you know, a, a, a verdict in their favor.
7: Well the the first question you had is the the burden of proof and clearly you know, being a, a football player he would understand burden of proof is simply taking the nose of the football and putting it across the 50 yard line. Criminal case you got to get all the way and you got to score a touchdown. Um so what do they have to do? Busby if he takes his case all the way to trial and, and wants to get a, a verdict, he's got to prove A that Deshaun did something wrong to somebody, uh, and B that there's damages and, and, and that's where it gets really dicey in these kind of cases because you've got a guy who I mean. You know, uh, Mr. Busby's doing his job as a plaintiff's attorney, and he's pushing all this stuff out into the media. But he, what he's trying to say is, uh, we're we're getting it to the DA. They're going to look at this. You know, the grand jury might do this. And, and smartly, the the DA uh, spokesman has come out and said, you know, we don't even comment on this stuff. And, and the fact of the matter is is that the chance of this ever actually getting criminally charged is pretty slim based on what the allegations are that they're floating out there. Now, there may be more. You never know what, what's right. waiting around the corner. But then to get back to the second part of your question was Mr. Busby's strategy. Um, interesting characters that you've got on both sides of this case. First of all, uh, Mr. Watson's attorney is Rusty Harden. Uh, Rusty Harden is my mother's age. He's a longtime attorney. He is a big hitter. Um, not only has he represented Roger Clemens, he represented Rudy Tomjanovich against the Lakers and got him paid. Uh, he represented Arthur Anderson in the Enron scandal. Um, with local ties here, he represented Kurt Busch. Uh, he's, he's very prominent, very good at what he does, and, and he's going to put up quite a defense on this thing should it actually get to trial. But then you turn to Mr. Busby. Uh, He's already played his hand once before. He did this in 2013 against Mario Williams when he was a first-round draft pick for the Houston Texans. Um, On that side, he was representing the girlfriend who was being sued by Mr. Williams, so it was different role. He was a defense attorney, but at the end, the case settled out of court because he did exactly what I think he's going to do in this case, which is go straight to the embarrassment factor. And he's going to try and keep, try and get this case tried in the public opinion and make it so embarrassing to a gentleman with a $150 million contract that he wants to pay to not have his personal life put out in the papers.
6: Ron, you brought up a good point about allegations, that's all we see so far innuendo, maybe some Instagram messages, I don't know what the hard evidence is what is the hard evidence the court's going to have to see in order for a plaintiff to prevail
7: Well, you've got two things, if if you actually take this to trial it's a he said, she said so what they're going to do, not what I would think they're going to do, is the same thing he did in the, the Mario Williams case which is go straight the the smoking gun, so to speak, which is cell phones. I'm sure he's already got all of his clients' phones. He's got over 20 clients who have been in contact with him. Uh, so they're going to get all of the, the messages that were sent back and forth there. If there's some form of an apology in there, if there's some sort of a shakedown from the girls there, uh, they'll see all of that stuff. Uh, if he can get it to where he now has... Mr. Watson, so to speak, by the shorties, uh, he's going to squeeze, and, and at that point, that's when we write the checks because he doesn't want to have it go to trial. Right. Now, let me let me they ask you a go- question,
6: Ron. Let me not to jump in, but do you expect it to go to trial, or do you think Deshaun Watson will settle? And I'm, when someone sues in a civil matter, they sue to mitigate loss. How do you assess loss and damages here, and what a money settlement would be? Exactly. So. so, so Sitting there and you go,
7: okay, Mr. Watson may have have shown me um, more than I wanted to see during the massage that we were doing, and he may have inadvertently touched me. And the jury's going to look and go, well, why should I write you at two million or twenty million or arch? Because conduct, but unless this rises to something more. As he's doing. That's what he did back in 2013. He's going to do it again, and it's obviously paid off very well for him. I mean, if if you go and check his pedigree, the dude's um, got quite a pedigree. Just like Mr. Harden, uh, makes a substantial living, uh, dabbles in politics, and and you know he's clearly he, uh, he was big. He sued BP in in the the Deepwater Horizon. So they yeah you know, Mr. Watson over the barrel, why or caught in some difficult situation?
6: Ron, we're having an issue with your cell phone. Can you hear me? Oh, I'm, yeah, it's I can okay. hear you. Let's this do way. this. I'll tell you what, there, pal. Let, I have one more question. Let's wrap this up because unfortunately we're having an issue with your cell phone. But I want to bring you back in a few weeks as this starts to take shape. I want to ask you one last question. And I agree with you. I doubt they'll impanel a grand jury just because they want one doesn't mean they'll get one. Read the tea leaves and tell me where you think this set, uh, this ends up.
7: I think this ends up with with Mister Watson writing several big checks. You know these the girls that he's had contact with. Um, They're all going to come out of the woodworks. Part of the blame, I think, lays at the feet of the Houston Texans, because if you've got a kid that's making that kind of money, where's the handlers that are taking care of him to make sure that he doesn't get in this kind of trouble? It just it blows my mind that this can happen. If he's listening, I'm available. You can
6: hire me, Mr. Watson. <laughs> It'd be good. I, well, I, 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 are you licensed to practice in Texas? Because I can tell you, folks, Ron is. No, really but I'll get
7: there. <laughs>
6: well, listen. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's. Uh, you know, we had the unfortunate situation with your phone, but let's do this. And I, ha- I do want to have you on in a few weeks because what is being played out in the media is a lot of speculation. And uh, you know, as you know, Ron, when you get into a, a courtroom, facts and evidence are all that matters. And so, uh, J- Ron, I appreciate you being with us tonight. And again, uh, we'll we'll circle back to you as this uh, starts to evolve.
7: Hey, thanks for the time. God bless you and and uh, this great nation of ours.
6: All right, thanks, Ron. And- that is. Unfortunately, we had a little cell phone uh, issue there, uh, which uh, we can't control, but uh, that's Ron Colquitt. He's a prominent Las Vegas attorney here, and uh, I think his uh, belief is that likely this will go to a settlement before it ever goes to trial, but we'll, we'll have him on in a few weeks with a little bit better cell phone as it gets more into the meat of this, and there are actually maybe opening arguments, or if this ever gets to court, or what. I think this story is just getting going, and like I said... Deshaun Watson is a brilliant young man. In high school, he was, you know, his he had a single mother who was fighting cancer as he was setting high school records in Georgia. Went to Clemson, won a national championship. He's had a a great NFL career, a short one, but and now he's taking a left turn. And 2021 is not going to be one of his favorite years, but I think he'll overcome this. I've seen issues like this before. I was on the air extensively when when Michael Vick uh was going through his foibles in 2009, 2010, and I was on Vic's side. He came back very successfully. Not that I compare this to that, but anytime uh, you uh, are an athlete and a high-visibility person and you have a situation where uh, you are you know, in the throes of a lawsuit, whether it be civil or criminal, uh, it is not fun. All right, coming up, we are going to dive into Sunday's games with Sleepy and McKenzie, they'll have best bets, and we'll take a deep dive into these individual matchups and what to look for. But first, well, let's go to the man. Well, his name is spelled B-R-Y-A-N, but if you were to replace the Y and the A with a U and an I, you would be Bruin Finley. So let's go ah. to Bruin Finley with the latest. Bernie, See what I, did there?
1: I love it. We got a big game on Sunday in the Sweet 16. And speaking of Sweet 16 action, from Saturday's slate of games, Houston executing its swarming defense to squelch, Syracuse 62-46. to Orange's premier score, Buddy Bayheim, was restricted to 12 points on 3 of 13 shooting, and Q as a team, shot below 30%. And so now the Cougars will strut into the Elite Eight for the first time in 37 years and they will have a rendezvous with Oregon State. The Beavers continuing their improbable run by waving goodbye to Loyola Chicago 65-58. to 58. Ethan Thompson electrifying with 20 points. Also Jared Lucas dropping in a clutch three in the second half. After the game, Beavers said, coach Wayne Tinkle applauding his team's unwavering confidence. There's no doubt in our guys' minds. They, they really believe that this is their time. It's what we said before we left the locker room. You know, that we're not going to get rattled. This is our time. It's meant to be. Let's go play ball. They were all very, very calm through it all. And Arkansas appeared composed as they overcame a second half double-digit deficit to spoil 15th-seeded Oral Roberts, 72-70 the final score. Devonte Davis hit the game-winning basket with under five seconds to go. And so the Razorbacks get Baylor in the regional final after the one-seeded Bears sharpen up in the second half and stress out Villanova, 62-51. The Bears made up for an embarrassing night from the three-point line by forcing the Cats to an out-of-character 16 turnover and quickly in the NBA, the Clippers instill some humility in the 76ers, 122-112. Kawhi Leonard scooping up 28 points as LA has now won five games in a row. And finally, the Jazz slug the Grizzlies 126 to 110. Donovan Mitchell had 35 points as he had to play the role of point guard because Mike Conley was sidelined. Now let's get back to our point man of the show,
6: Bernie Frato. Those are the dulcet tones of the Silver Tongue Devil <laughs> Bruin Finley. That is Bruin Finley. All right, we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call one eight eight Farmers and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. All right, guys, the first game tomorrow involves a team that is doing something that hasn't been done since nineteen seventy six, and that means they're still alive. We all know by now the millionth time, uh, you know, Indiana was undefeated and finished the job. UNLV was undefeated until they got to the finals and lost to Duke. UNLV was a five-point favorite that day for what it's worth. Wichita State in 2014, they lost to Kentucky in the round of 32. And then Kentucky in 2015 were undefeated, and they lost to Wisconsin in the final four. Guys, I just think this might be Mark Few's best team ever. Yeah, I know that's a big statement, but if you give me Jalen Suggs, a top-five pick, Corey Kispert, the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. These are two top five, or you know, two probably lottery picks. Drew Timmy would be the number one player for 90% of the teams in the country. And then the transfer from Florida, Andrew Nemhard, he's the only guy to actually have a triple-double this year, and he's the fourth best player in the team. Gonzaga laying 13.5, the biggest Sweet 16 favorite since Kentucky in 2015, against Creighton, who lives and dies by the three. And I, you know, I'm just gonna throw out all the cards. I think Gonzaga is gonna win it all. It's their fifth straight Sweet 16. It's their 11th Sweet 16 in uh, this millennium. Sleepy, how do you see this game tomorrow? I think this is gonna be played at a
8: pace in which Creighton is gonna be comfortable. They're gonna want to run up and down the court, you know. But I do worry about the Creighton competition that they played. Bernie, you know, they beat number 13 seed in Santa Barbara. They beat number 12 in Ohio. Well, look, I don't want to take anything away from those teams, you know, pretty good basketball teams, but this is a massive step up in class here. You know, for the Blue Jays, I think this game comes down to More than likely, probably the painted area in which, you know, my projection is Gonzaga's going to dominate the glass in this one. If Drew Timmy can go ahead and play, you know, the way that he's played all season long, I think this could get a little ugly here for Creighton as this game grows old. Creighton's going to have to go ahead. They're going to have to fire up those trees. They're going to have to knock them down. And I think Gonzaga, eventually, their defense is just going to wear on them. Timmy's going to go ahead and do his thing. I think Gonzaga dominates the glass. And the pace, it's not really going to help Creighton in this one. I think it might actually, you know, just get to this pace to where Gonzaga's okay trading buckets, and then they're eventually going to close them out. I, I actually like Gonzaga. I'm going to lay the wood here, Bernie. I'll lay all the points. They are the best team.
6: Uh, McKenzie, I agree with uh, Sleepy in the sense this is going to be a track meet. Points plenty, should be. Gonzaga averaging 92 points a game, and Creighton will slouch average, averaging 76. The thing that gets me about Gonzaga, they're shooting 55% from the field and 47% from behind the arc. Uh, I'm not getting in front of a speeding train here, although you told me Fezzik likes
9: Crate tomorrow. Yeah, Fezzik was talking on the Friday episode.
3: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
7: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor.
3: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
7: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
3: now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
9: Uh, of straight out of Vegas, saying there's just got to be a tax at this point. If you look at Creighton and you look at Oklahoma, Gonzaga's last two appointments it's four points better, you know, according to Ken Palmer, or other ratings. The Oklahoma was getting 14 points against this Gonzaga team. And now Creighton, a team that's four points better, is getting pretty much the same line: 13 and a half, 13, 14. So what it's saying to me is that people only people that are casual fans of the sport know one team and want to bet one team, and that's Gonzaga. So that's why you get the tax. That said, you know, going off your analysis, A.J. Hoffman's really high on this team. Just the idea that this team has three, you know. Excellent NBA quality players that are all you know in perfectly position, working off one another. I'm not stepping in front of that train.
6: No, I'm with you. All right, let's move ahead. Michigan, Florida State, one of the more intriguing matchups of the day. Michigan was minus three, and they're down down to two and a half. Fifty nine percent of the public is on this underdog. Look, I just feel this is a real matchup issue for Michigan State without Isaiah, or for Michigan without Isaiah Livers. Florida State goes nine deep. Michigan's got a freshman center, Hunter Dickinson, and he has struggled this year against high-profile teams who pack the paint with length and size. That's Florida State. Florida State has feasted on Big Ten teams in the past few years. They're eight and four, six and two uh, against the number. I think there are matchup problems for Florida or for uh, Michigan. And I would just uh, say this: that look. Florida State is number it has the number 14th offense in the country and their only sin is they turn the ball over a lot. Michigan doesn't force turnovers. They're bottom 10 in the nation. And forcing teams to turn the ball over. How do you see this game tomorrow, Sleepy?
8: Yeah, I'll go back to the Villanova game where we had Gillespie that's out. I think it's going to come down to Livers being out. The guard play is going to probably play, you know, a pretty big role here. This was the toughest game for me. You know, we had a massive line move in this one. You know, RJ talked about this on Straight Out of Vegas on Friday. You know that he kind of likes Michigan in this spot, and, and a lot of people were just jumping on Florida State. I don't know, Bernie. It's, for me, I'm going to have to either play the under which the total opened up at 140 and a half. It went up to 143. So I feel like I'm buying maybe at the high point. I think I'm going to pass both sides here and just go ahead and play the under, hope for the best. But this is the toughest game for me on the card for tomorrow. Absolutely.
9: I agree. People have been talking about the disappointment of Big Ten. To put it in perspectives, against the number ATS margin, Big Ten teams are four points worse than expected for the tournament. And we look at this line. It opened six, and now it's two. So the market has made exactly a four-point adjustment. And I think, it's, I think it's warranted. I think the Big Ten, playing against itself, got a lot of hype this year, got a lot of you know marquee TV matchups, and I don't think they're that good. So I think the line is about right. I kind of lean Florida State because of the point guard issue that Michigan comes. You know this is the most important time for a point guard leading its team. So I lean Florida State, but I think the line's about right. All right, coming up, we're going
6: to wrap things up with UCLA, Alabama, USC, and Oregon, as well as Best Bet, so keep it locked. Right here, I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted to. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto.
0: Mi nombre es Valentina Vigos Castañeda. Soy una estudiante en Fresno State. Juego fútbol y soy arquera. En una comunidad latina, te enseñan que debe ser fuerte. Pero hoy estoy aquí para decirles que está bien pedir ayuda. Que está bien no sentirse bien. Ve a calhope.org para hablar con una persona que puede darte una guía sobre las opciones disponibles. O llama a la línea de ayuda al one 317 hope La esperanza vive aquí en California.
2: Look to your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world.
5: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad
6: Council. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports radio studios. Call farmers today. For a quote, before we go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be Bruin Finley, Chris Perfett, and Ryan Bershinger. Could not do this show without you guys. Great job. All right, guys, UCLA, Alabama, let me just say this. I think it's a very bad matchup for UCLA. They've allowed 80-plus points in three of their last six games. UCLA has trouble defending the arc. Bama lives on the arc. Ja Quinterly, I think the best point guard in the tournament. And I love Nate Oats to so the pace he plays. Uh, I just can't see UCLA winning this game.
8: You know, Bernie, I was looking at this one and knee-jerk reaction for me was go ahead, take Alabama. I was cashing tickets with him, hitting the totals with him, and I was gonna go ahead and release this play, and I sat and I thought about it and the sirens, the bells, the whistles, the alarms, right. everything went off and I yeah. said, You know what? I'm not following I'm not gonna follow the sheep to the slaughterhouse with this one. It's not that I want to play UCLA, but if I had to put my last dollar down, it'd be on the Bruins just because
9: Alabama looks so square. I'm going to go ahead and avoid them. They're laying six and a half. McKenzie? Speaking of square trends, there's no way I am playing Alabama for one reason. We saw it with Oregon State again today. The Pac-12 is 10-1 and straight up against and against the spread in this tournament. And they're covering by 14 points a game. Oregon State was a seven-point dog. They won by seven. That's par for the course with this with this conference right now, covering by 14 points a game. UCLA or pass? Just rem- and that's fair. I didn't lay the wood either, and I didn't
6: take it. I'm going to pass on the game. I just remember I said I can't see UCLA winning. Part of the reason is that the remaining teams in the tournament, UCLA's second-worst field goal percentage def- defensively and third-worst from behind the arc. Should be a good game. Anything can happen. All right. One of the more intriguing games of the day, USC laying two against Oregon. This USC team looks incredibly for real. Mobley's a monster. Andy Enfield, lifetime 9-0 against the number in March Madness. Hashtag respect, USC. I expect them to beat Oregon. I like a USC
8: here tomorrow, Bernie. I'm going to go ahead and give them out as my best bet. You know, I feel like USC... You know, that they could be far better than anyone thinks. You know, they lost a total of seven games this season, and three losses out of the seven came against the same team, Colorado. Clearly that was just a bad matchup for USC. But now, you know, USC-Oregon, they already played this season, and USC won that game in a romp. They led that game by 26 points at one game. I have a feeling like this could be a bad matchup
6: as well. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play USC. I'll lay the two. I'm on the under in this game, Sleepy. Before I turn it over to McKenzie, I played the under at 138.5. Why? USC, to me, defensively, they're so versatile. They're so athletic. They have length. They guard the perimeter. Points are going to be at a premium in that game. Do you like the under, or do you have any, any thoughts?
8: The under doesn't bother me. I'll tell you, the, I think where the matchup really relies here is going to be in the, in the paint with USC. Number one team in blocks, and if you look at Oregon, like their rebounding is 295 in the nation, USC's number five. That, they're, that's such a big stack gap. That'll show up 99% of the time in the box score, and I think it's going to here, and that's one of the reasons why I really
9: like USC. I think they dominate the inside. McKenzie? You mentioned Mobley. Which Mobley? You got Mobley A and you got Mobley B. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking it's about. It's the perfect microcosm for what makes that team good. They have the yeah. talent and the young guy and the experience and the older guy leading the way. So I, I like that makeup of that team. Think about this. 9-0 and against the spread. That means he could lose the first game every year for nine years and he'd be 500 in the tournament against the <laughs> spread. Isn't that crazy?
6: <laughs> Andy Enfield's a very good coach. I know he takes a lot of heat in LA, but I'll tell you what, if he gets USC to the Elite Eight, you're going to have one Pac-12 team in the Elite Eight. By the way, before we get to your best bet, McKenzie, it's in a it's the best bet in the NBA, having to do with uh, with the trend you've been touting for about a year now, yep. and it's it's really cashed. This game Monday is intriguing between Arkansas and uh, well, actually, both Houston and Arkansas are alive Monday. And the reason I bring that up is because right before the conference tournaments, you could have got Arkansas at seventy to one, and you could have got Houston at twenty to one. Can something crazy happen in this tournament? Uh, <sighs> if if it happens,
8: I hope it's with Houston I do have a really nice future ticket with them. I'm not sure Bernie you know could we could we spin back to Gonzaga real quick go ahead you know, we were talking about the, the competition that they played, but do you guys feel like the fact that they're going to play a real team? I don't think they looked at Oklahoma as a real team and the team they played before, but I feel like they look at Creighton like they're a real team. And it's, this could be the particular game in which Gonzaga puts it all together, and that's one of the reasons why I want to back them.
6: Well, look, they've already proven they hammered Iowa, Kansas, West Virginia, all by double digits, beat Oklahoma by double digits. Right. Five straight sweet 16s that came within a possession of beating North Carolina three years ago. Believe me, they're real, and uh, I don't care that they didn't play in the Big Ten. They might have won the Big Ten.
9: I like them putting pedal to the metal in the first half. Uh, you only have to lay, I think, eight and a half. I think Gonzaga first half might make a lot of sense tomorrow. All right,
6: McKenzie, let's get to your best bet. Let's not forget there are some NBA games tomorrow as well.
9: Try this one on the precise 421 and 309. I, you mentioned I mentioned this trend for the last year. I went back the last four years. It's 59% for four years, road favorites of more than five. It's that simple. The way the game's played, you get a lot of runs. It's for that reason, the Phoenix Suns minus six, I think, is a great play. Yeah, it could be close the whole way through, but the Suns with that crunch time lineup get separation at the end we've seen it several times in the past i'm putting my money down on the phoenix suns minus six tomorrow visiting the charlotte hornets
6: i like it no lamello ball sleepy before we close it down you got about 30 seconds do you expect gonzaga to win it all and if not who beats him or who presents their biggest challenge
8: i think if they get knocked out bernie it's probably going to be by alabama that's the only team i think that could really probably knock them out
9: well, interesting i thought you might have said baylor how about you mckenzie yeah, I would go with I would go with Baylor. Three guards in this in this time of year, I think I think that's the team to, to watch out for. The preseason favorites. Who called it? Gonzaga and Baylor. Vegas knew before anybody. Those are the two teams to watch out for, in my opinion.
6: Well, when you have the kind of talent that both of those teams have, you've got NBA talent, you've got cohesiveness, you got and sleep. You brought up a great point. Your theory on why the pac 12s done so well is guard play. So the bottom line is both those teams have outstanding backcourt play. And that's really been carrying the tournament. Sleepy, thanks so much mm-hmm. for coming in. Mackenzie. good stuff. Sleepy's best bet. You got USC? USC minus two. And McKenzie, you got Phoenix, Phoenix on the road. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I want to thank Ron Colquitt coming on tonight. Next up, the man from Nashville. He brings it strong. I'm Bernie Frado, but keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. It's time for the Jason Martin Show. Straight Out of Vegas! <laughs> on January 19th, 2022 for BBDO and AT&T Radio ad ID AXWR0975000 spot title Fiber Lifestyles Meet the Walkers BAU60 60 second radio
4: Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. Welcome to another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the at t Fiber customers winning at life with hyper gig Speeds. Say hello to the Walkers, a family of not one but four gagillionaires, each living up their gagillionaire life at ludicrous internet speed. First up, Anna Walker. She dominates streaming like the matriarch she is. No show ever goes unwatched under her watch. Next episode. Next up, Peter Walker. There's no stopping this dad bod from showing up to his virtual workout sessions. Let's go leg day. And finally, the Walker twins. They may look alike, but couldn't internet more differently. Harry dominates his fellow online gamers while Heather group video chats with friends.
3: Ooh, nice background filter, Jess.
4: Live like a gagillionaire. Get internet that upgrades everything. AT&T Fiber. Now with speeds up to 5 gigs.
0: Limited availability in select areas. Speed's not guaranteed. Single device wired speed. Max 4.7 gig per second. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details.
7: Mama, what does the chicken say?
6: Uh, dog. Cat. Cat. Giraffe.
0: Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh,
2: giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you know the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right.
5: Visit NHTSA.gov
2: slash the right seat.
9: Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.